Do you ever just start pressing record and then you realize you have a huge burp just lying underneath the surface just waiting to be let out? Yeah, it just happened. Anyways, welcome to part two of our Piano Tech series. I'm Jeanette Fang and I will be interviewing Harry Doss, who is the piano technician at Garth Mule and is also the piano technician at Virginia Tech. Harry is a great guy and he's very informative and he has some great things to tell us pianists who don't know anything about piano technology, uh, like myself. Also, I just wasted the last half hour of my life trying to find a piano tech joke. Couldn't find a single one that I could understand, which don't read too much into that, but if you know of any piano tech jokes, I would be super happy to know them. So. Send us a little message on Facebook, so many wrong notes. Our Twitter, so many wrong notes. Our Instagram, I guess you can't really send messages to Instagram, can you? Or you could just go to our website and send us a message through there, which is so many wrong notes.com. All right, I hope you enjoy this interview. It was recorded at Herder Hall after Harry had tuned our piano and uh, before we had to play a concert. So there's a bit of setup in the background some popping of chairs and, and people dragging tables around. So apologies in advance for that. So many wrong notes! So we're here with Harry Doss, who has just finished tuning our pianos at Garth Mule. And am I correct in saying that you've been tuning our piano since 2011 or 2012? That sounds about right. Mm. And you are associated with Virginia Tech, right? Right. And is that where you've been for most of your, I guess? Yeah, my career. Years? I have uh, about 30 years taking care of the pianos there. Mm. And you also did yeah. your schooling there, right? Right, I'm an alumni, yeah. Although I left after I graduated for a while mm -hmm. and uh, which is when I got my training for piano technology. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I saw you were a sociology major. Or... Yeah. So how do you go from that to being a piano technician? Like, Well, uh, try walking into the Virginia Employment Commission and tell them you're a sociology major, <laughs> and uh, which I did many years ago, and they directed me to the trades and industrial area. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Which, and I just walked out at that point. I see. So it was just not tenable. It wasn't a practical future. I just wanted to, I actually, I started out in engineering mm -hmm. okay. and, and uh, decided that the state of engineering at that time wasn't what I was interested in. Okay. And I just wanted to get a general education. And I actually was working as a musician when I first graduated. Right. I know you have a band. Uh, I played guitar in the band, but also a violin player. Oh, cool. For many, done a lot, and, and fiddle. Mm-hmm. I used to play bluegrass when I was younger, mm -hmm. and then that kind of got out of fashion, and I played in a 12-piece jazz band for about 25 years till it broke up. So all your life you've been a performing musician? Yeah, and I played in some orchestras along the way too. I actually was a concert master for a short while. Oh yeah? a small orchestra. Was that in Roanoke, or is it? It was in Pulaski, Virginia. Oh, okay. Hmm. So you've been in Virginia all your life? Yeah, I have. Did you also major in music or minor in music when you were growing up? I didn't minor. I took a lot of courses. I mean, mm -hmm. the music theory and uh, some applied lessons and history of music. Right. But I was uh, equally into philosophy at that time, so I right. had a lot of philosophy courses. 
all practical majors yeah. to pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, my curiosity is how does one get into your career? How did you get interested in the mechanics of the piano? Well, the way I got started was I was giving music lessons and playing part-time in a band. And like I said, I played violin. And one day, I, and I had some friends who built guitars. Uh-huh. And I thought that was pretty cool. But then one day I thought to myself, to play the violin, you have to learn intonation pretty well. And maybe if I learned that, that skill would translate into piano tuning. So uh, it turns out it had nothing to do with it. Oh, really? <laughs> it didn't help at all. Because that's where I'm thinking, because they tune their instruments every day, so they would be better at tuning the piano than I would. Well, tuning a piano is, a, is really a technical process, pretty much completely. But anyway, I checked around, and I was in Richmond at the time, and there was mm-hmm. a shop there that hired people for half minimum wage and taught them to trade. Okay. So I went to work there for a couple of years. Cool. Is it still around? No. Okay. That was a long time ago. Okay. Most people nowadays go to school. There are several schools around to right. teach it and also uh, correspondence courses. Correspondence. Oh, okay. So you do it remotely? Mm-hmm. I see. I, I know of the Boston school. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to a school. Oh, okay. I just apprenticed, okay. basically. See, I'm trying to make this a series of piano tech just because us pianists are woefully ignorant of anything technically that belongs to the instrument. And uh-huh. um, I was talking to one of my old friends who's also, he, he works at Yale as the piano technician. And I think you guys are roughly around the same generation. He, he also, it was like just not, there weren't any schools at the time. So mm-hmm. you just apprenticed, I guess. That was more common back in the old days. Yeah. And I think it, it does it make more sense to you to do that? Because it is mostly about just doing it and getting the expertise that way. Uh, not really. Okay. I mean, people who have rebuilding shops aren't geared towards teaching people as much as a school is, a mm-hmm. good school. Okay. But I think either way is valid because it's just a really a starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because it's a lifelong learning kind of a business like music right. performance. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing I found really interesting was that your major and his major were not focused so much on music but on, well, sciences and also philosophy. And I think that there's a certain type of mind that gets drawn toward being a piano tech. Yeah, I mean, piano technicians tend to be kind of independent right. people because you work on your own. Mm-hmm. You have to be self-motivated, I guess. And the piano is a fascinating instrument, you know, 12,116 parts. Oh, wow, I didn't know the exact number. <laughs> yeah, Steinway went through and counted all their parts a couple years ago. And okay. That's what they came up with. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it just, uh, we are the only performers that don't really know how our instrument works. And I guess it's because it's so complicated. Right. And there's so many things that you have to keep track of. Is it always changing as well? No, not okay. much. I mean, people used to ask me, why are Steinway so expensive? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> My stock answer was always, you know, that they brag that they make them the same way they did 100 years ago. And so the, and, you know, pri- they haven't been cutting corners right. o- through the years. It's all, it's not like a process, like Yamaha's are a process, like a sort of through they, a line, right? They have a lot of uh, computer, right? you know, robot things that Steinway doesn't. Theirs yeah. is a lot of lips, handwork. Mm-hmm. There's an excellent video called Note by Note. Yes, I've heard of that one. 
yeah. it's Steinway produced. It shows some of the production of it, the Steinways. Is it on YouTube? Could people, our listeners, check it out? Uh, it, it's not on YouTube, I don't think. And it, but recently, I saw that it was available to stream on the internet. I don't remember exactly where, wow. but probably a search would bring it up. It is fascinating. I mean, one thing I realized when I came to Garth Neal was I'm woefully ignorant. Like, I don't know why, like, a certain note goes out of tune so quickly in this environment. And I think you'll remember the really dumb questions I was asking you when you first came here. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for, for you, I'm most interested in knowing what are your top pieces of advice you would give to us pianists? Like, sort of to carry away and to know in the future for care or piano makers. There's a, there's a number of things it's good uh, for pianists to know. I, t I yeah. taught a, actually taught a course at Tech a couple years ago called Piano Technology for Pianists. Oh, okay. Which was designed not to teach anybody how to work on a piano, but how to know, how to communicate with their technician. There are a few things it's good to know that, that a lot of times pianists don't know, like for instance, uh, the way the keys are numbered. In traditional music theory, you know, you got a prime, a double prime, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But we number them keys, and the, the only unusual thing is that it starts at A0, so up to C8. The first C on the piano is called C1, and the, going down it's B0, B flat 0. I see. And then as you go up, just 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So but, I can already think of the rookie mistakes I made as in this A up here above middle C, two doctors <laughs> above middle C is out. Yeah. Can you tell me what to do? Like, yeah, so if you can say it's C, you know, C5 is a problem. I'll seem like I'm a little bit more knowing. Uh -huh. We don't have classes, and we should probably. Yeah, they should. What would you say are the most common mistakes that a pianist makes when talking to a technician? Well, one thing that gets to me is uh, when a pianist says that they have a sticking key. Oh. <laughs> you know, now it's very logical. A yeah. key is sticking. You think it's a sticking key. Right. But, but to me, there are at least 10 different ways keys can stick. You know, they might go down and not come back up, or they might go down and come up slowly. Okay. Or they might, go, they might come back but don't play a second time. They I might, think that's what I mean with sticking, is they just don't re-articulate. Uh, they don't reset yeah. quick enough, don't repeat. So uh, they're, you know... It's best to be as specific as you can if you're having a problem with the key, especially to say which key, because sometimes it can be a subtle problem, and right. it will only happen if you maybe release the key slowly mm -hmm. or do one exact thing that causes it to happen. Okay. And so if the technician knows which key to look at and what it's doing, that makes it a lot makes easier. easier to find the problem, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so you said about four of them. What are the other six ways a key can stick? <laughs> Uh, the damper could, might not come down. Okay. In other words, it keeps ringing. Or it might come down and not damp completely mm. and, uh, and partly ring. I see. So there's that like bleed. Yeah, because yeah. I think the, the reason we, most pianists, make such general not helpful statements is because we don't really know the vocabulary. Uh huh. And also that there are those specific problems that just all gets lumped into one. It's not working like I <laughs> used to. Yeah, it can be hard to sometimes separate if you have a action, like a mechanical problem, mm -hmm. or if you have a voicing problem, mm -hmm. which re refers to the tone of the note, or if it's a tuning problem. I call it the three T's of piano technology. Oh. Touch, 
tone and tuning. Okay, I like that. The touch being the you know, regulation, tone being the voicing problem, and then tuning, tuning, of course. Well, this is a question that I kind of know the answer to simply because it's really obvious, but it's good to ask anyways because everyone gives a slightly different answer. But um, why is it that pianists don't learn to tune their own instrument? That's because in approximately around 1850, uh -huh. uh, equal temperament began to get popular. Mm -hmm. And when equal temperament was invented, that's when my career was invented. Oh, okay. Because equal temperament, it turns out, is the hard, about the hardest thing to try and tune compared to right. the well temperaments that came before it. Equal temperament is not a natural thing, right. except mathematically. It's mathematically perfect but there's no nothing that you would hear in an interval that would say this is where it should be uh harpsichordists i talked to described it as it is every note being out of tune actually yeah it's and sort of like that yeah it makes sense that you can't really get it <laughs> well but most people like you just do it takes a while to learn to hear that equal temperament, right? Or well, yeah, it's a, it, it, you have to first of all learn how to hear the partials mm -hmm. in the note, which is really uh, kind of what causes equal temperament to sound so funny. And then once you can train your ear to hear, hear the partial, we listen for what we call coincident partials. I think probably most of your listeners know about the harmonic series. In other words, when you yeah. play a C, you don't just hear a, C, a middle C. You hear the note an octave above, and then an octave and a fifth. Right. Two octaves above, two octaves and a third, two octaves and a fifth, two octaves and a seventh. So what happens is, if you think about it, you play, say, middle C and the C above middle C. The second partial of middle C mm -hmm. is the same note as the C an octave above middle C. Right. So if it's something's out of tune, what you have to tune, you have to tune the second partial of the lower note to the fundamental of the upper note. And uh, those are not mathematically correct. Right. In other words, let's, let's talk about A440. A5, being an octave higher, should be double the frequency, or 880. Right. Except that due to the limitations of a vibrating string, the partials tend to go sharp. Oh, okay. So the second partial of 440 will be about 881 or oh. 882. And so what you have to do when you tune that higher note, you have to tune it a little sharper mm -hmm. so that the fundamental is in tune with the first partial of the lower note. Oh, so it is very subtle. Mm-hmm. Well, do you find that all these new technology of tuning apps is making your life easier? In yeah. Because I know there's always a holdout against new technology, and some people argue against it. I mean, Steinway does not endorse any electronic tuning aids. Right. They think all their technicians should tune by ear only. Right. And I think they're Luddites, to be right. honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why not use this wonderful, accurate technology? Yeah, I mean, you have to have a good ear and know what you're doing, you know, because yeah. everything's not perfect. Yeah. Like, uh, for instance, on that V I tuned here today, a while back I created a custom tuning oh. for it. The way the electronic tuners work, they measure the piano. You play certain notes and let it listen to the notes, uh -huh. okay. and it uh, calculates the inharmonicity and uh, produces a tuning. That's special. That's very customized. Yeah, yeah that's why they're you know, they're expensive. The cheapest right. one's like three hundred bucks. Oh, I didn't know that expensive. Wow. Yeah, and they go up to twelve hundred for the high end ones. Oh, geez, what are they called? 
Well, the one I use is called Tune Lab. Mm -hmm. uh, Cyber Tuner is the other popular one. Okay. But now Yamaha makes one and several oh, other Oh, they're companies. branding their tuning apps so that it's very specific to their instruments. <laughs> uh -huh. Although they'll tune any piano. They work like all the rest of them. All the groundwork for all these apps were uh, laid by Dr. Al Sanderson oh. back in the 70s. He was an electrical engineer and piano tuner. Okay. Who uh, did the research, uh, background research to develop the algorithms for uh, electronic tuning. And he invented originally what was called a cider tuner. Okay. And that was in 1970, before the internet, before, mm -hmm. before apps were a thing, actually. Yeah, before cell phones, even. Yeah. So did he have a big box or something? Or? No, it was only about... Smaller than a bread box. <laughs> Harry is measuring in an audio form, like how big it is. I, I don't know if people use bread boxes anymore, actually. <laughs> no, I'm sure they do. I just don't. Well, that, that's fascinating. So when did you get into tuning? It was around the same period of time, or was there no technology when you started? Yeah, there was no... Uh, Strober tuner was the only electronic kind of electric tuner okay. when, I got, when I got into business which was a very crude thing and no no good for tuning a piano at all. Okay. So yeah, they were, I mean, there's no other choice but oral tuning. And how long did it take you to feel comfortable tuning a, I don't know, a concert grand? Or well, I remember my first concert tuning after I moved back to Blacksburg. Uh-huh. Uh, Leon Russell was giving a concert. Oh, okay. And I, being pretty young at that time, I knew some of the students on the who worked with the student union and they got me the job tuning. Awesome. And I probably didn't feel totally comfortable at that time that I was really that good. Although I passed the test in 1975, so. What is the test for? Well, uh, yeah, I want to put in a plug for the Piano Technicians Guild. I was hoping you would, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. most people don't know enough about that. Yeah, it's the national, big, largest national organization of piano tuners, mm -hmm. and, and they offer, a, they certify piano tuners. They have a three-part test, okay. written test, technical test, and tuning test. Okay. And if you pass those, you get a certification of RPT. Or oh, that's what RPT means. Registered okay. Piano Technician, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> and you're the head of the Blacksburg chapter, right? Or well, I have my past president. Past I'm not right okay. now. Yeah, I, I did my fair amount of stalking. <laughs> to, to prepare for this. Oh, good. Well, um, it's actually the Roanoke chapter. Roanoke chapter, right? Yeah. And I saw the picture of you and like Maggie and Andy all together. Uh huh. One thing that did pop up in my research was something that really fascinated me. Is from a news article back in 2005 from like Roanoke uh, newspaper, I think it is, about how you refurbished a piano and gave it to a needy family. It's always been something I've been curious about. The number one item on Craigslist is free pianos because nobody wants to move them. There's a lot of kids who are interested in taking piano or have like a sort of inclination to go into music and don't have a piano. And I was wondering if there could be some sort of institution that could take those free pianos, refurbish them, or at least bring them to people who need them and can't afford them. Is that what was behind your intention to give a refurbished piano to a needy kid? Yes, and we actually have an ongoing program where we oh, do good. that. Oh, good. Okay. We, we uh, constantly have a piano. that We've got one now, a, a Hamilton we're working on to, awesome. to donate. And is this funded by any anything, or is it no. just purely 
totally from the goodness of your heart. Just from the goodness of your heart. Awesome. You know? I mean, there's so many pianos out there. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of them sit around and people don't use them. You know, try to get something pretty good. We don't like to have to rebuild, a, completely rebuild a piano right. or something. So. It's still probably a lot of work, isn't it? Because yeah. pianos are in really bad condition when they're not taken care of. Yeah. I mean, we'll usually regulate them and mm -hmm. go through the action to do any kind of repairs they need. And how many people does this entail? Like, you started it? Well, our chapter started it. Your chapter started it, okay. Yeah. And so everybody in your chapter sort of helps out? Yeah, we'll have, we have meetings monthly, and every few months we'll meet at one of the guy's shops and work mm -hmm. on the piano for a meeting. I think that's great, and I, so. I, I wish more people knew about that. Yeah, we had trouble finding places to place the pianos, more mm -hmm. so than finding pianos to give away. Right. I would imagine those, there's a lot of pieces of junk out there. Yeah, on our website now, uh, there's some information about that program. What is the website in case people want to visit it's, it? It's uh, roanokeptg.org. Okay. okay, great. And we've got people now that want to get rid of their pianos, and they'll say, oh, well, well you know, i got a piano for you. You yeah. want to you come get it? Yeah. <laughs> and we just can't, we don't take just anything, you know. Right, you have to go and see it. And so it's got to be pretty nice, and it, easy to get to hopefully yeah. I, I'm wondering if like schools like schools in like less economically public schools yeah like. just just like a piano so that they can have something for music ensembles yeah that would probably be a good probably be a good idea yeah well so does does it piss you off when you come to a place like Bath County or the homestead and there's all these beautiful Steinways that have never been taken care of are just sitting there missing maybe a pedal oh god the homestead is one of the worst for sure yeah I mean, how yeah. many pianos do they have in there uh, at least three or four steinways i think at least yeah and last time i was there yeah like you said one of the pedal was the pedal liar was, was coming gone. apart it like <laughs> there was no left pedal and i had this <laughs> it was gone right yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. broken off yeah, and I, I remember sitting down because we were playing in the Crystal Ballroom. It was the Crystal Ballroom Steinway. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh, there's only two pedals here. <laughs> and so I made them bring in the piano that was right next door. Like, there's another one with another grand Steinway piano. Uh -huh. And that one actually had three pedals. I was like, this is better than no pedal. So, but I just, it just kind of floored me that they have this wealth lying there and nobody... They don't have anyone there to tune it. They didn't tune the piano when we played there. It was just sort mm -hmm. of. Well, I, when I've been there, I've told them the importance of having pedals on the piano. Yes. I'm not sure it sank in though. How did you word it? I'm just <laughs> curious. Like, how do you deal with ignorance? <laughs> All I can. It's it's pretty hard to explain how important a pedal is to somebody yeah. with no musical inclination at all. Right. Yeah. I guess it'd be like breaking a string on the piano. Well, you got 229 other strings. What do you Just need that one for? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no matter that it like makes the strings around it sound really bad too. Yeah. Like, you remember that picture I took, right? Of the piano that was locked up, but not locked up. <laughs> like the lock was over the keyboard, but the keyboard cover was open. <laughs> so like, yeah. Oh, what is the point? <laughs> I guess to be what you are requires a lot of patience doesn't it yeah it is a fairly tedious job for sure because there's so many strings on a piano sometimes you have to go over them twice if they're way out and then what is it because sometimes i'll play and it, it, it will go out 
And I'm just like, well, how do you safeguard against that? It just kind of happens, right? Yeah. Is there a way that pianists can play that would be more cognizant or more safe? There's one uh, thing, problem with the certain piano techniques. If you have the sustain pedal down mm -hmm. and you're playing a note repeatedly, mm -hmm. forte, that can damage the strings, actually. Oh, really? And in the case of bass strings, especially. Okay. We, we see this a lot of times in churches, certain okay. churches, the pianist will just play the bass over yeah, and over with the pedal down constantly. Yeah. And if you think about it, you, you hit a string, it starts going up and down yeah. as it vibrates. And if it's still vibrating and you, hit, and you hit it again, you might hit that string when it's in the bottom of its motion or the middle, or you might hit it when it's in the top of its motion. Oh, yeah, because you're not letting it come to a complete... Right, because your yeah. pedal's down. And so when you hit it and it's at the top of its stroke, you're forcing that string farther. Oh, I see. And it range. tends to fatigue the metal a little bit. I see. And in the churches, of course, they, they break a lot of times, if it, especially if it's a high-tension piano. Oh, okay. And by high-tension, you mean that every string is too tight? Well, no, it's like the Japanese and Korean pianos typically are made with higher tension on the strings than American pianos. Yeah. Why would that be? I think it gives the, the more the bell-like tone that's oh. characteristic of like Yamaha. I see. I've always thought Yamaha pianos were too bright sounding. But see, the, part of it is also the plates are made with a vacuum injection process oh. as opposed to Steinway, which is a sand cast plate. Okay. And that makes a difference too. Huh. I would ask you how so, but I probably wouldn't understand. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like you know every sort of piano. Like if you were just a Steinway technician, you'd probably just focus on knowing only about Steinway pianos. But mm -hmm. it seems like you know about all the different models. Yeah. And yeah. is that something you purposely did? That you just, you wanted to learn about every sort of instrument because you never know? No, well, I work on every kind of instrument, really. Right. And over the years, Yamaha has traditionally been the leader in support for piano technicians. Oh, really? In education, as okay. well as uh, parts availability. Ah. And that, but now Steinway's been playing catch up, and, they, and I'm pretty impressed in, in the last few years. They, they have a catalog, they even have a parts catalog now. Oh. With pictures and everything. They didn't have that before? No. You just had to know? Yeah. And all you have is a price list, and different companies call the same part different things. So you had mm. to know what Steinway called that particular part. No consistency, huh? Yeah. Well, is uh, that why a lot of people say that Yamahas are more consistent and dependable? Just simply it's easier to replace them and keep them up? No, I think it's the manufacturing process. They're a computer mm -hmm. uh, manufacturing process, right. and they're, uh, they also get very high quality woods you mm -hmm. know when it comes to buying wood yamaha is like the, uh, the elephant in the room they go yeah. in they buy tons of wood compared to somebody like Kawhi, who you know doesn't buy that much so yamaha is sort of like the gig hoarder they just take all the available resources yeah oh <laughs> but they've always been sort of reputation wise under steinway still yeah, as far as tonally, yeah. Right. But now mechanically, they're, they are superior. In other words, in the school, especially in school, you know, I wish we had some Yamahas in the practice rooms. Instead of Steinway's? Yeah, instead of Boston's. 
Oh, is that what is in Virginia Tech, is Boston? Well, we have a lot of Bostons in the practice rooms, yeah, mm -hmm. for the regular students, not for the majors. The majors get to practice on it real Steinway. Oh, so they have like a key that they can get in? Yeah, yeah. but to become an all Steinway school, you don't actually have to have all Steinway pianos. Oh, really? You can have a, some Bostons, which is a oh, Steinway brand. They're only buying Bostons and Steinways at this point, working towards becoming an all Steinway school. I sometimes I, I see those things like Steinway artists or all Steinway schools, um, and I wonder how much of it is just for that sort of bragging right. Like, does it does it really make a difference? Can it is. It is just for bragging rights. I mean, it, it would be really be better to have a variety of instruments. Yeah, because that's a pianist's lifestyle is to adapt. That's what you have to learn to do. And there are plenty of good brands outside of Steinway. Right. What yeah. have you been surprised with, like, in terms of piano brands? That like, are particularly or, good? Yeah, better than you expected. Well, unfortunately, I don't get to see a lot of that Around in this here. area. Mm. Uh, but I, I just uh, I saw Herbie Hancock on Austin City Limits last uh -huh. weekend. He was playing a Fazioli. Oh, those piano. are great, though. They're yeah. very nice pianos. I've never yeah. actually played on one, though, and I, I would mm. love to. Well, I've been also told August Forster is a very good piano. Huh. I have a friend who, who used to have one, and mm -hmm. she, she swears she, when she bought it, she compared it to the Steinways, and it seemed a lot better and quite a bit more expensive. Mm. Bosendorfer is another good one. Right. And you can, pay a, you can pay twice as much for a Bosendorfer as a Steinway. But in terms of price? I guess a piano is always different for anybody who just buys it, right? Like for what purpose? But like, say if you wanted the best quality for your buck, what would you go with? I would say Steinway. Still, probably. Okay. I mean, most of the European pianos are more expensive. Right. And maybe a little better, you know, in some cases. But Steinway, Steinway is is really good. Right. You know. Another question I wanted to sort of pick your brain about is when people have a Steinway, because it's not just a one-time purchase, right? Like there's certain amount of upkeep you have to do and to budget in. So what would you say is the appropriate calculation one should make when they have a piano? Is how much should you put into the budget yearly to take care of that piano? Well, uh, it's gonna depend on the how much it's played Mm -hmm. and the level of performance you're expecting. You know, the c most concert instruments get a regulation once a year. Right. And that's like 50 concerts a year sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. If you're in a home, you probably wouldn't need that. You, right. might, you might, if you play a lot, a couple hours a day, you probably expect to have it regulated after five years. I think it's high time I got my piano regulated. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's been like more than just a couple hours a day <laughs> for many years. Yeah. And how can one tell if a piano, like maybe they get a used piano or something, or a friend gives them a piano, how can they tell it really needs work if they're not used to being able to judge these things? Mm -hmm. Well, if the action needs work, you're going to have trouble playing dynamically. Mm, okay. That's one of the first things that goes. You know, you try you try to play soft and it doesn't speak. You have to hit it hard to make it work. Ah, okay. The second one is repetition. I if, noticed that. If it can, uh, it's if, not even. If it's not playing as fast as you can play, yeah. then it probably needs work. 
<laughs> be careful with that statement, though. There are some people who are ridiculously fast. Yeah, they can, I'm sure there are probably people who can outplay a, a Steinway, a well-regulated Steinway. I think they're supposed to go up to 15 to 20 per, per, per sec second. Per yeah. second? I should time that at one point. I know yeah. my piano at home, I can't do any repetitions fast. It's, it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I just know I need to put it in my budget to have it regulated because it's it's a fairly large sum to do that yeah yeah um, so it, it just the felt and the leather wears right and the parts get at, out of alignment with each other right and that's what that's what causes it what are the most common mistakes you see people do in piano care just not take care of it they mean think owners? they don't have to yeah yeah probably neglect would be the first one I know there's a lot of organizations that they buy a piano and then they get so shocked when you mention that you need to have someone come and actually do something to this piano. <laughs> and it's just like, well, we, we've spent all this money on this piano. Why shouldn't it be? Why well, we have to spend more money? Right. <laughs> um, and was it you that said this? I know somebody said that, well, the piano is a living thing. Like it's like taking care of a child or something. <laughs> you have to keep it. It wasn't me, but that's pretty appropriate. Pretty appropriate. Mm -hmm. In your mind, do you think that there's a lot that you do that's underappreciated or just not known about, like when taking care of a piano? Not really. You do you know, get complaints from people, like pianists who don't know any better about how a piano doesn't sound as good as they want it to, that kind of thing? Not very often. I mean, it's more common that I'll tell a piano owner, well, your piano needs, I call it a 10-year service, mm -hmm. cause, which is regulation, basically, vo regulation and voicing. And they say, oh, I, I didn't know, because they'll gr only gradually get out of regulation, and the voicing will gradually go, uh -huh. and you don't notice it because you play it every day. Right. And then I say, well, you, you need this. Like one customer I had, I told her, next time I want to regulate your piano. She said, okay. I came the next time, did the work, uh -huh. and I handed her the bill. She said, oh, it's a lot more normal today. Oh, she totally forgot that you were doing something yeah. more. <laughs> so I said, no, I regulated it today. That's why it's so much. And she said, oh, okay. And then she sent me an email a couple of days later, later uh -huh. and said, oh, the piano plays so much better now. Yeah, <laughs> but, but she didn't realize how she was suffering you know, before yeah, before I really needed to work. It's true. You get used to something like, it's like working out, right? You get used to seeing your body change every day. You don't realize how much you've changed. Yeah. I kind of want to know more about your gigging life, because I know that you play actively in a band right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool name, like Meters Running. Yeah. <laughs> what is the story behind that? <laughs> well, uh, we... You know, I didn't want to name it that. Oh. We, we, we had a lot of conflict when we were coming up with a name for the band. But we do some meters tunes, like the, the, the group called the Meters from New Orleans. Oh, okay. They had a famous hit, Sissy Strut. Plus, we're all over the age of 60. Okay. So we kind of got the meters running on us, too. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I wanted to call the group DNA. As in? The live music and not canned music. Oh. <laughs> That's definitely a snappy title. The meters mm -hmm. running is a bit long. In terms of graphics, that would also be interesting. Yeah. So is this a bunch of people that you played with for a while? Yeah, actually four of us have played in the big band I mentioned earlier mm -hmm. that I played for a long time. When that folded, 
we sort of formed this smaller group. And then we got a new keyboard player a couple months ago. Ah. So See, I would think you'd be playing the keyboard. But no, that's not your instrument of choice. No. <laughs> I've played organ in a blues band for a couple years. Oh, cool. Like one of those portable so, organ things? Yeah. Cool. It was a DX7. Oh, awesome. If you remember those. That was many years ago. Do you find that your work as a piano technician helps with your other music? No. Okay. Not really. But your other music probably helps your work as a piano technician. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the piano, you know, piano playing anyway. Because piano work is technical, te and the tuning is a technical thing, you know. We don't listen to, does that sound good? We listen exactly to how many beats per second are going on. When I taught my class, there was one sound demonstration I did that really uh, got it, that really amazed the students. Yeah. And what I did was, I was training them to listen to the kind of things that we listen to. So I was playing some intervals that had prominent beats in them. Oh. And they, they were listening for the beats. And I said, okay, listen to this. And then I told one of the students to just take three steps over there and walk by us, just walk by us. And everybody listened. And everybody was just amazed. Huh. Just walking by, the way that interferes with the sound huh. the slight motion of the air of a body moving through the air right. changed the sound a whole lot wow i didn't even realize that so you can think about that when i'm tuning in here mm -hmm. and and you have to walk in for something oh yeah well yeah. the thing is it doesn't help to walk slowly oh i see <laughs> so just make it loud and fast and get right out of there. Okay. just get on by and get on going that's yeah. good to know <laughs> any other things i know that they were making a racket over there so does that also, like, no. cause you to seize with resentment. <laughs> the worst things are high-frequency uh, things, like dishwashers, air okay. conditioners, and also fans. Obviously, ceiling fans uh -huh. can be annoying. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you have those on. I know there's mm. this HVAC system that always is running. Mm -hmm. Does that get in the way? Sometimes. This mm. one here is not bad. Okay. We've got one at te one room at Tech that has a real loud blower right over the piano. Oh, God. <laughs> that can't be good for the piano anyways, right? Well, it's actually sucking air. Oh. It's not blowing. Okay. But it, as it sucks it, it whistles through the grate. And <laughs> <laughs> so, you, well, in, in terms of environment then, what is the best environment one should keep a piano at? Just because sometimes you can't control it, but you can do as much as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, you had suggested a humidification system. Yeah. Well, really, consistency is the best thing. Mm -hmm. If it's kind of low, if it's kind of high, it doesn't matter. If it can stay steady is the best thing. Else I mean, is that why these pianos in, at Garth Mule just kind of go out? Because the humidification in the rooms is not really controlled. Yeah. And then to keep... See, I, I don't know, but you do. Like, what, what sort of things we can do to keep this climate consistent? It's... It's almost nothing, really. You know, you, if you could get six, five or six large humidifiers and put them around the room and yeah. run them 24-7, that would probably do it. Really? Okay. But it would be so noisy. That's true. It would be <laughs> expensive because you have to keep on refilling it with water. Uh -huh. and the, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's really a losing battle this time of year. And unfortunately, it gets, if it gets warm and then cold and then warm and then cold, that's, that's the worst. I think what worries me is that this is an expensive instrument and we're reducing its lifespan through factors we can't control. 
that that's what worries me the most. Well, I wouldn't worry about that. It's the same everywhere, pretty right. much. So. Yeah, I guess like it, we're spoiled. Like most pianists are spoiled in that somebody takes care of the piano when they go to school, and they don't realize how much work that is. It's like every day, every morning before they come into practice, the mm -hmm. pianos are taken care of. Um, it takes coming here for me to realize that this is not a luxury. Like th th that that's not an ex a way of being that's a luxury. Yeah. To have somebody yeah. there because how long do you have to drive to get here? Yeah, two hours. Two hours. Way. So that's a four hour trip in one day mm -hmm. total. Just and, and you're the best around. Like it's just like why we don't have any other options. <laughs> <laughs> and it's well, I mean like it's great that you're here. Uh, I mean, I don't know what I would do if you weren't. <laughs> But, well, yeah, it's hard. I, I don't mind coming. You know, I spend time driving instead of tuning is, is a change. <laughs> I love driving. Yeah. You must be the same way. Like, you put on good podcasts. You're just, uh -huh. It's your time. Uh -huh. and, yeah. It feels great. But, you know, the, a lot of people don't understand why pianos go out of tune so much with the humidity changes. Yeah. Um, please enlighten us. It's kind of interesting. The soundboard of a piano... Mm -hmm you know, covers from top to bottom and from right to left. Uh-huh. And it's a big piece of spruce, and the soundboard is actually glued around the perimeter uh -huh. to the inner rim of the piano, right. and nowhere in the middle is it glued. It's totally also the bending. flies free in the, in the center. So uh, being spruce, it's a light wood, it's porous wood, and it's kind of like a sponge, a oh, slow motion sponge. When yeah. it when it get the humidity goes up, it soaks up the moisture and it actually swells up. Right. And the soundboard is crowned like the top of a violin. You can't see it. It's on a 43 foot radius. Oh, okay. So just slightly crowned. And so when the humidity goes up, that crown increases. Right. The board swells up and it pushes on the strings oh, and increases the tension on the strings, and vice versa when it dries out. That was a very good way of describing it. Thank you. <laughs> like, I knew it had something to do with being wood. It swells. But that, uh, that was, is that what causes cracks in the soundboard eventually? Like it will bend too much? Or? Yeah, it will. Uh, actually, what happens is it will form what we call a compression ridge, which is the opposite of a crack. Mm -hmm. a, a little place in the board will swell up from the humidity. Oh, like a bubble? It's, it's long. It's long. Okay. You know, it runs along the grain, right. so it's a, a long, thin thing. You can, if you look at soundboards, you can see sometimes ripples on the soundboard. Those are precursors to the cracks. After a while, when it dries out and swells up and dries out, then it'll open up right. and form a crack. Oh, right, because it will go down. And, oh, I see. But now, cracks don't cause any problem with the piano. Oh, it doesn't? It doesn't affect the sound at all. Okay. Steinway's quick to tell you that. I thought, yeah, for some reason, I thought that the crack in the soundboard was like the worst possible thing ever. Well, see, people think that. That's okay. A, that's a myth. That was my next question was, what are the biggest misconceptions that yeah. you'd like to rectify? That's now, one of them. Yeah. Now, that sometimes there are ribs underneath the soundboard, mm -hmm. little strips of wood that run at right angles to the grain, and sometimes they'll come loose at a crack, and that'll cause a buzz. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So if you have a soundboard problem, it's almost guaranteed it's a rib, not a crack. Mm, I'll be sure to remember that every time I complain <laughs> about a buzz. And then people always uh, want to put their 
pin on an inside wall. And so that may help in some cases, but not really. Because nowadays walls are insulated. Right. More you want to avoid uh, direct air blowing on the piano from the heating system and avoid direct sunlight on the piano. Right. Because that'll damage the finish. Okay. I remember um, that fan in the back green room was broken and it just kept on blowing. And it was on top of the piano. Which is why huh. I don't want to move it into the back green room. I just want the big green room nowadays. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I just, things that um, I don't think I ever thought about. What are the other misconceptions you'd like to set the record straight on? <laughs> well, I can't really think of any offhand. Well, those are some pretty good ones that you covered. <laughs> Before we wrap up, because I know Teresa wants to rehearse more. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry. It's, it, this is probably the most I've talked to you since uh, I've been here almost three years, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. It's always kind of like, oh, okay, you do your thing, I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say that, uh, talking about Steinways, they are making a series of changes in their pianos starting a couple years ago, Oh. which is a big thing for Steinway, because like I said, they've been made in the same way for years. They're starting to integrate some of the uh, things they do to the Hamburg Steinways into, uh. into the New York Steinways. Yeah, that's a good idea. Everyone yeah. loves the Hamburg Steinways. Yeah, although I don't know that the things they are changing are the things that make the Hamburgs the more desirable. Oh, okay. So but what is it? Well, I like the music desk for one. They now have a, it's like a three-position music desk. I mean, you can change the angle of your music. And then the, uh, their chain, the, the edges of the cabinet are now more rounded because the mm. traditionally the Steinway is always the, the finish wears off. Mm. The, I mean, one, so Technician's Black Magic Marker is one of our main tools, you know. Oh, that, and I remember one gave me black nail polish. <laughs> That'll <laughs> work too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's also probably less hazardous if you bump into it. Yeah. <laughs> and they, uh, they're finishing the b undersides of the piano now. Oh. And they've also redesigned the uh, pedal wire, uh, the way it connects to the key bed. Oh. Is that what broke off when I freaked out and called you that one time? It just came loose. That was on the old piano, yeah. That's not the only instance a pedal has broken on me while playing. It <laughs> <laughs> was a sickening thud. There is another time when the connection to the, I guess, the keys underneath, like that, that strip, came off. One of the rods? Yeah, one of the rods. And it was great because it happened during a piece, so I couldn't go down and like pop it back in. <laughs> so I started using the uh, middle pedal to try to hold the sound. It was a very <laughs> resonant, long, slow piece. Uh -huh. But between Ooh. pieces, you know how we talk between pieces? Everyone was talking, so I just popped under there and fixed it. You did? Yeah, but the best thing was is that it was a new piano from one of the piano companies in Richmond. And they waived the fee of renting it because the piano broke while playing. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was not something I did. It was like, it really like was not in there right. Yeah, they didn't yeah. install it correctly or something. Yeah. Huh. So th that was a benefit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so sorry that we have to wrap up soon, but is there anything yeah. that you would like to plug? Sort of an upcoming concert or your website? Um, yeah, I don't, don't have a website name. You do have one listed, but it's broken. Yeah. The Earthlink thing? Oh, yeah. Earthlink pulled my website for some reason. Oh. They, to incendiary? No, they changed. I guess they changed their service packages, and my service package didn't include the website anymore. Oh, I see. 
So I would probably go back on Google or something and make one if I was going to make one again. Yeah, but, our Facebook page. But I, I'll plug uh, the music department at Tech. Okay. They, uh, and actually they seem to be moving towards the uh, computer and electronic music area pretty heavily because it is a technical school at heart. Right, that makes sense. So um, we've got a new arts center there, the Moss Arts Center. That's right. And it's pretty, it's pretty awesome, right? Yeah, it is. <coughs> and they've got a facility next to it called The Cube. Oh, cool. Which is a multimedia, it's optimized for multimedia interdisciplinary projects. It's uh, pretty amazing. It's got catwalks all the way around it. Awesome. For, and I don't know how many hundreds of speakers in, in it. Yeah. And things that fly from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Of course, I'm mostly in with the acoustic music people right so which is also a good program we have three good pianists on staff there. yeah I've talked to a few of them Tracy and um, is it Rick Rick Masters uh-huh seem like really nice people and good people yeah which is not always the case <laughs> yeah and there's John Caldwell right, right. yeah John. Um, unfortunately like like most schools you probably have to deal with funding cuts like most arts programs. Yeah, well, it's been a few years since we had funding cuts. Good. Of course, we're dependent on the state of Virginia when they had budget problems and yeah. they cut us. Yeah. But the truth is, a lot of the funding for the big purchases come from, from the foundation, Virginia mm -hmm. Tech Foundation. So that'd be the only way they could probably afford to buy new Steinway Grands. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw the big picture of you with the new Steinway like a couple years back. Uh -huh. When they just got that, and how many years were they working towards an all Steinway school? Uh, probably last five years. And they're there? No. Almost. <laughs> well, if you could say seven hundred fifty thousand dollars or so was almost. Okay. That's about how much we still lack. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's definitely so. a great, great, great progress though. Like, yeah. I mean the Moss Center. Is a, is a different funding uh, source. And they have five Steinways in there. Really, yeah. Two Steinway Ds. Cool. And one B and two uprights. So probably half, a million, half a million dollars worth of pianos in there. No one's going to steal pianos today. <laughs> so, well, Harry, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a pleasure talking to you. All right. Well, I was glad you had me on. Yeah, I'm glad that you had the idea. Because, I mean, Having a piano tech series makes a lot of sense to me. Like mm. just the fact that we don't know about these things. So. Yeah, and all, all student piano students should uh, urge their departments to offer a piano technology yeah, course. They should. I wish I had that option, just mm -hmm. to know. Well, thank you for listening to it. Like huh. I didn't. I don't even know if people are listening to it. So it's great that you told me and that you were interested. So <laughs> uh -huh. Thank well, you. Good. Certainly, we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, I, I hope so. Maybe we could do like Harry Mondays, like, where he <laughs> gives us like this is your weekly tip for how to take care of your piano, our weekly educational. Yeah.